In the DuSable High School swim team photograph, Fraser C. Robinson III stands in dark swimming trunks in the back row, third from the left. He is bare-chested, lean, and fit. His arms are strong and his gaze is sure. The year was 1953, and the 17-year-old senior was close to having all the formal education he would get. In five years, he would be an army private on his way to Germany. In five more, he would be married and a father, a democratic precinct worker soon to be on the payroll of the city of Chicago. The work he would do for much of his life, tending high-pressure boilers at a water filtration plant, was tedious labor done in eight-hour shifts, and it paid just enough for him to get by. At home, where he invested his considerable smarts and energy in his family, the swimming days of his youth would give way, far too soon, to years of physical decline. Multiple sclerosis left his brain increasingly unable to control his body. He walked with a limp, then a cane, then crutches. Finally, he used an electric scooter. Before work, his children watched him struggle to fasten the buttons on his blue work shirts. After work, he would sometimes call them to help carry shopping bags up the stairs to their apartment. Known on the job as Robbie, to his family as Diddley, he worked long after he could have taken disability. The gutsiest guy I've ever known, said water plant colleague Dan Maxim. In 2008, 16 years after Fraser Robinson died, Michelle told voters that her father remained her North Star. I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm making him proud, she said. What would my father think of the choices that I've made, how I've lived my life, what careers I chose, what man I married? That's the voice in my head that keeps me whole and keeps me grounded and keeps me the girl from the south side of Chicago. No matter how many cameras are in the room, how many autographs people want, how big we get. That voice in her head emerged from Fraser's own south side upbringing and the narrow but steady path he followed. The oldest of five surviving siblings born to a deeply religious mother and an ambitious father who arrived from South Carolina in the Great Migration, he secured a foothold in the working class. He was the least professionally accomplished of the children, but he occupied a central position in the family. The glue, a cousin said, and he propelled his own two children yet further. Fraser was the one to whom the others turned with their problems, the one who kept track of the family lore, the one who worked hardest to knit together a large clan with its share of triumphs, failures, and frustrations. In the final lines of her speech to the 2008 Democratic National Convention, Michelle called on voters to elect her husband Barack as president in honor of my father's memory and my daughter's future. She would also say that year, on the cusp of occupying a White House perch, that she would devote to opening doors for others. I remember his compassion. I remember the words, his advice, the way he lived life. And I am trying each and every day to apply that to how I raise my kids. I want his legacy to live through them. Hopefully it will affect the kind of first lady I will become because it's his compassion and his view of the world that really inspires who I am, who I want my girls to be, and what I hope for the country. 
Fraser's story and hers begins in the Chicago of the 1930s. When any child of the first wave of the great black migration learned what was expected of him, Fraser would come to know possibility and the rewards of discipline and perseverance, lessons he would bequeath to Michelle and her older brother Craig. He would encounter, too, the profound obstacles that faced African Americans in Chicago in the middle of the 20th century, despite living hundreds of miles up the well-traveled Illinois Central tracks from the south of slavery and Jim Crow.